Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknet. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. All right, howdy, be slayers. So today, I am thrilled to have another fantastic migraine miracle story to share with you on the podcast. This one is from Migraine Everland member Tom Frankel, who was kind enough to recently reach out to me to offer to share his story with you. As you'll hear, Tom's battle with the beast began over 20 years ago, um, reaching the point to where not that long ago, he was needing abortive medications on average about 20 times per month. So stay tuned to hear how he's doing now and how he got there. Like so many of the other stories that we've shared on the podcast, not only are you going to find this one to be a source of inspiration, but also a source of great wisdom. Also, at the end of this interview, Jenny and I will share some of our key takeaways from Tom's story. And now, without further delay, here is our interview with Tom Frankel. So we are delighted to have on the podcast with us today a special guest in Tom Frankel. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. So Tom is going to share his recent successes uh, with the Migraine Miracle with us. Maybe before we dig into the details of your battle with the beast, you can just first share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a 51-year-old, happily married father of two. Um, it's crazy to say that both my kids are married, which is much younger than I thought, but right. that is what happened there. Um, so I'm not a grandpa yet, which is nice, but um, enjoying kind of the second half of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a, a sporting goods owner all my life and I'm recently have retired to whereas I have um, a great manager and my son are going to be taking over the business um, from me in the near future. Cool. Um, and yeah, just kind of a, a lifetime health person and health nut. And I think I was drawn to your website because kind of being 51, like the one thing I was never able to overcome in my health was migraines. And it was kind of a secret story that not many people knew about because everybody that knows me would, you know, I look healthy, um, mm-hmm. I seem healthy, but migraine was kind of my secret where I would just, you know, go away and be like, oh, I'm not feeling well. And little did they know that I'd probably have 24 hours in the dark uh, Mm -hmm. in excruciating pain. Um, And also I think the other part that I've kind of reflected upon as I've been thinking about this podcast is that different than strep throat or bronchitis or some other sort of common ailment, when you have migraine and you go away for a day, you come back the next day and you're almost better than before. There's Mm -hmm. almost for me, there's almost this elation or mm-hmm. manic happiness to be out of that <laughs> dark place. Mm-hmm. And so the people in your life, they can't really know or tell like what migraine actually means, except for those of us that, that experience it. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I can relate to that story a lot. And, you know, I, I was kind of the same way. I think a lot of people 
are in terms of just like, you know, it's this thing and it happens sometimes and they retreat and they kind of, you kind of mix feelings about how much you want to share about it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. then, and then like you say, there's no visible signs and then, and then, yeah, we can, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that elation. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the one little silver, I try to, I try to take little silver linings <laughs> from, from migraines. Right. But it does make you appreciate just like being alive and okay yes. and not, and, and without pain. I mean, yes. it's, it's, you just, you don't want to take it for granted uh, when you yeah. come out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so how old were you when th this first started when your battle yeah, began? Well, well, yeah, um, I do. I, I love to listen to your podcast and I love to listen to all the stories. And yeah. I think one of the ways my story is unique is that I didn't get migraine until I was about 25, 26. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of no lead up to it. And I trace it back to that um, at a very young age, I did become a business owner, which really put a lot of pressure that looking back on, I probably wasn't ready for that. Right. But being my personality type, I just sort of charged into it and just took it on full steam ahead. And then here I was, you know, 25, I had been married to Rachel for a couple of years, no health problems. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, I would be just down with no warning and it would usually even end up in, you know, throwing up. And mm -hmm. so my wife and I were wondering like, boy, do I have cancer? Am I sick? Like what's going on? Right. And I went to a regular doc and just told him what had been happening for the last three or four months. And he said, oh, you have migraines. Um, and so then from there, I just started taking Excedrin migraine, <laughs> which was a real game changer for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was able to manage these migraines for, uh, 12 or 13 years just with Excedrin migraine. Uh, but then like probably so many people, there came a point where that drug stopped working for me. And mm -hmm. so after, after I would have, you know, eight or 10 migraines a month, and the Excedrin would only work on two of them. I just said, hey, I'm gonna need to go to a specialist. Um, and at that point, I went and saw a neurologist and uh, you know, he asked me the questions and stuff and he, um, he prescribed me Sumatriptan and like the whole community, like that was quite the game changer. Yeah, right. And I couldn't believe that, oh, you know, now my problem is solved. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just had, you know, a couple of good years with that. Um, but then from there, it wasn't so much that Sumatriptan stopped working as much because it probably did work. Um, Sumatriptan for me worked 80 to 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. But what was so jarring and alarming for me was that I had gone from you know, six headaches a month to now 20 headaches a month. Right. And I had never, I had never even known about rebound or medication overuse. Mm -hmm. And so I could always trace migraines to my migraines to very stressful um, situations. Mm -hmm. And so when I just started saying, wow, this drug works yet, I'm just getting so many more. That was just such an alarming, that was a very scary right. thing for me. Yeah. That's an interesting point because it's it's when you're in rebound like that, there are still triggers. There are still things that, you know, there are still times when you're better and times when you're worse and the environment still matters. It's just this kind of hidden force in the background that's, that's amplifying everything that yeah. it's hard to see. Um, and so you, I think you uh, stumbled upon us uh, a couple years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the story for me was that, um, 
again, one thing about me is that I'm kind of always selling myself and I'm always probably telling myself a little bit better story than it's true. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think when I would go to the MD and he said, how many migraines have, are you having a month? I probably would have shaded it. Yeah. Um, and when I went to the neurologist, probably the same thing. And so, uh, about two years ago, my wife and I were blessed to be able to go to Europe for two months. And so as I prepared for that, I just noticed myself really putting a lot of effort and energy into getting enough, enough sumatriptans to take care <laughs> Right. And I started thinking to myself, this is not like you. Like, mm-hmm. I've always been kind of a happy-go-lucky guy that's like, I don't get migraines. That's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And so when I noticed in my own heart that I was really putting a lot of energy and effort into getting enough quantity of pills, <laughs> right. yeah. that was almost like, a sign before the sign before the sign mm-hmm. and and then when we went to europe um again i've always been lucky enough to work close to home and my kids schools close to home but when we went to europe for so my point being that if i was ever at work and i could feel a migraine coming on i just zip home and grab two excedrin uh-huh. and so when i was in europe for two months for the first time in my life when i got ready to take off for the day whatever we we're doing I really just thought to myself, like, I need to have a, sup- a sumatriptan in my pocket before mm-hmm. I leave. And that was really alarming to me. And I just said, wow, I'm re- my brain is really starting to develop new things that just weren't there before. Mm-hmm. And so I told Rachel when we were in Europe, I said, it was very weird. I said, when we come home, I need to really do something different. And I said, and I think I need to suffer a little. <laughs> Interesting. I, don't know, I don't know why, but that was the thought I had. And so we came home and I told her, I said, I think it's time for me to quit pills cold turkey. I don't know why. But when I said that, I mean, it was like, I might as well just said, like, I think I need to jump off the Empire State <laughs> Like I was terrified. Right. Yeah. I, you know, over, over the 10 years, I probably said a few times, like, hey, I'm going to try and go pill free. And I probably made it four hours without mm-hmm. just taking mm-hmm. a pill and there were four miserable hours you right know? and so so um you know rachel's always just been she's been my biggest supporter and just such a wonderful resource and as a lot of the spouses of migraineurs would know it sucks to be the spouse of someone that gets migraines um so one morning i walked out we had been back from europe about seven days and My wife had been recently exploring keto diet for herself for other reasons. She doesn't get headaches, um, thank God. Mm -hmm. And she just said, wow, I just Googled keto and migraine. And then this pod, you know, your website or your podcast came up. Right. And so, you know, from there, it was like, I didn't, it was sort of like, I didn't mind if I had something hard to do because I really felt like there was a light at the end of the tunnel or like for the first time, it felt like there was a fight I could actually take on. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the past, it was like the choices are, you know, you know, it's like if you Google around, you're going to see a lot of migraine help. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's more, it just, it doesn't what I call like pass my smell test. Mm -hmm. And uh, in three things that I really appreciate about you is that, one is that you had suffered migraines. Two is that you were a neurologist. So you weren't just like an Eastern medicine acupuncturist. Right. Three, that you told me it would be hard. <laughs> right. And it's, because if I've, been, if I've been having this 
20 year struggle and somebody tells me in two or three weeks of this or that, like I can get you out of this. Yeah. I just, that's just at the age of 51, like that doesn't right. my smell test. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that's kind of how we found you. And then we just like started, you know, devouring all the stuff because it just felt like finally something I could grab onto and you know, it's like if someone said, like, you have to run a marathon tomorrow, you wouldn't do it. But if they told you, I can give you a six-month training to run this right. marathon, it'd be right. It, so for someone like me, that was just very appealing. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how we found you. Yeah. The Miracle Moment Podcast is brought to you by Migraine Everland, our premier resource for people with migraines, which you can now try for free for 30 days. As a member, you'll have access to all of the member materials that we have created since we first launched Migrant Everland back in 2014. So that includes the B-Slayer Training Academy, which is our foundational training for how to put the Migrant Miracle Program into action. It includes primal provisions with almost a year's worth of weekly meal plans and recipes. It includes the weekly clinic chat, which is a uh, Q&A session with me that takes place each week inside of our member Facebook group. It includes access to the entire archives of the chatter, which are the transcripts of all of those Q&A sessions, so almost 150 issues of those at the time of this recording. It includes access to the Migrant Evercast, which is a podcast that is exclusively for Migrant Everland members. It includes access to all of our 30-day challenges like the Keto Blast, the Jump Start, uh, Sleep Challenge, the Movement Challenge, Mindset Challenge, and more. It includes access to the aforementioned members-only Facebook group. And it also includes the newly created Roadmap to Migrant Everland, which guides you step-by-step on how to utilize all of these resources to progress through all five stages in the journey to Migrant Everland. So once again, you can now become a member and try it for 30 days for free. To learn more and to get started, uh, head over to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash join. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, and, you know, I haven't thought about that specifically, but the, the fact that, you know, that we do, that we say that this is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. And, and if you're not prepared for that, then, you know, it's, yeah. It's not going to go well, but, um, you know, I, I think most everyone who comes on the other side of it feels like it was far well worth it, but uh, it's still really hard. Yeah. And, and one thing I wanted to add into that I forgot a little bit in my story is that mm-hmm. I went to a neurologist and that was probably three years ago, three or four years ago. And he was like, he was a wonderful guy. He was so thorough. I did not at all feel like Sometimes you go to the doctor and you feel like you just get shuffled in and shuffled out. Sure. And I didn't feel that at all. And I felt like he cared for me. And as I reflect back on today, he, he, there was like zero overlap with what he did and what you're doing. Like he had me, he was tapping on my knee. He was like looking in my eyeballs. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was, it, it, it was so much different than your approach uh, so I just kind of wanted to add that in there as an, yeah. interesting, as an interesting thing. Yeah. And that's, I think speaks to one of the, one of the points that I try to make is that, you know, we, as neurologists have a sort of a, we're, we have our own skill set, we have our own tools and, and we're, we're choosing from within those tools and, and those haven't worked so well, you know, and it's not, it's not anybody's fault. It's just, that's what we, that's the, the palette we're given to work with. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you were, 
you know, living a pretty healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. at least by traditional measures, um, prior to, to finding your way here, what were kind of the things that you did first, uh, or the changes that you, that you made? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And one of the things I wanted to say that I hope could be an encouragement for people is that I really did have to take the long view and there, there was so much information coming that was so good and such quality. I gave myself the grace not to hear it all or take it all in. It's like, if my story is now almost two years old, it's like, Sink and Star Prey came into my life about nine months in. Mm-hmm. You probably told me that right off the bat, but I right. just didn't hear it because mm-hmm. I was so trying to work on my um, work on my eating. Mm-hmm. And then things like intermittent fasting, like that's something I do just religiously now. Like I just eat between ten and six. Mm-hmm. But when I first started doing your program, I probably ate at eight. I probably ate at maybe eight at night sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Uh, I wasn't exposed to that, but it's just like, I would just like people to give themselves time to soak in all the resources. Cause it's such, it can be such a change if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's almost like, you know, your experience with a, a movie or a book and at different times yeah. in your life and you'll pull out completely different things and exactly. just what you're ready for at any given moment. Exactly. So for me, you know, one of the biggest game changers was, um, your list of what I can eat Hmm. because for 15 years I had heard the word elimination diet and that just like drove me crazy. Yeah. Because I eat everything. (laughs) Like I, I love food. Right. And my migraines had nothing to do. It's like, I did pretty early on learn about alcohol gaming migraines. Mm -hmm. But besides that, if you tried to ask me like what kind of food gaming migraines, I'd say, I mean, I couldn't even start with that because I eat so broadly. Mm-hmm. And so when I clicked on your list of foods I can't eat, like I printed that up and that was such a game changer for me. Um, and there was so much I could eat and there were so many combinations I could make. But I also think it just took that kind of, it just took a little anxiety out of it. Instead, right. You know, instead of trying to figure out like, yeah, so, so that was huge. Um, the other thing that was so helpful for me was um, like find the perfect day and repeat it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really changed a lot of my social habits and a lot of the, how much space I give myself in between different things. Um, so yeah, that, that was really huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I think another huge thing was <clears throat> when I went to the neurologist, they said like, take um a pill at the first sign of a headache right and i mean if i've been doing this two years you know there's there's times where i still have um, months where i might have two or three migraines Mm -hmm. but in that month i might have 10 headaches that by using the systems that go away after an hour and a half or two Mm -hmm. and so that has been like such a game changer for me you know my wife and i have a word where we say we say full blown you know right yeah a lot of times i'll say like hey i'm getting a little headache and she'll like give me a nice back rub or she'll do lavender oil or mm-hmm. i'll do the sink and starve and it's mm-hmm. just like hey it's like 9 a.m and i get the full day without headache even though i woke up at 7 30 with you know um five years ago i would just pop two pills right you know so that's been a real game changer too mm-hmm. so uh have you do you recall the first full-blown one that you made it through without taking anything 
Yeah, I think that was on day two of, <laughs> of my program with you, uh, right off the bat, you know, and uh, yeah. boy, yeah, but again, like, okay, and I, I remember I emailed you this, like, the thought that there's a reason to go through a full-blown yeah. gives you every bit of power to do it, like when you talked about healing your brain, because I just thought, hey, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50, my migraines are getting more, I must be getting older, my brain right. must be becoming less, you know, it's like all my health is like not what it was when it was 30, you know, so you just feel, and so when you feel that you can get a headache, not eat, go into a dark room, and there's a reason to do it, is like, and it's an incredible experience to have that instead of, like I said, you know, five years ago, there might've been a time when I said, I just want to try this. And after three or four hours of absolute minute misery, you just pop the pills. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a double loss because A, you had four crummy hours and you took pills. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Sir. Yeah. So, but yeah, the full blowns came right away. It didn't, didn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned that, that ultimately you, you started using the, the starve and sink. Um, is, has that been your main way of dealing with it? Uh, over over time or have you had yeah. other things you've used well um other it's it's really ironic and i hope this doesn't confuse people but i found that sometimes the best thing for me is to go into a, a dark room mm-hmm. and try and take like an hour of just like kind of calming myself down mm-hmm. and that has been a way to dissipate it but then sometimes i get the feeling like I'm a mountain biker, so I need to jump on my mountain bike and mm-hmm. just try and sprint it out for like 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a weird thing in the fact that each one has been helpful. Um, the one thing I will say is that that would be on the sink piece, but the starve piece is 100%. I never, all I do is starve it. Like I never, yeah. hey, I think I'll experiment with some carbs now. Like, right. It's right. never a, a go-to. Yeah. 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 And I've said, I think the most that's probably the single most important thing to remember about that strategy is that is that eating prolongs the mm. the migraine you know um rather than not eating you know ending it right away it's just that yeah. if you want to end this in the minimum the shortest period of time you know yes yeah and just how you know with you educating us that 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 gives it energy like that makes so much sense but we we just had never heard that you know? right mm-hmm. right um, so yeah that was so helpful paint a picture today what things are like for you um yeah. migraine wise but also with you know your what your, your what your diet and lifestyle is like i'm sure people would like to, to hear that yeah yeah well it's, it's really exciting i know it's fun to talk to you now because a real big thing for me is that i i am a little different that i went cold turkey when you when i first heard about it because mm-hmm. being like kind of the competitor the athlete i was like whether you like it or not, Dr. Kicknet, like you became the coach. So when coach said, cold turkey, <laughs> right. and I said, if that's what we're going to do, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I got to, you know. But then, you know, um, as I mentioned in some emails to you, I did have a few things like both my kids got married. So there were things in my life where I just said that I'm going to take a pill. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I also want to say you've, you've done a great job of giving us the grace to take a pill. Like you've said, there's no, there's no exact way to do it, you know? Right. Absolutely. Um, but the exciting thing here today, and I'm, I am excited to share with your listeners is that like, I've had a hundred days now without a pill and nice. that's like really that's incredible awesome. for me Yeah, because I've, I've literally, since the day I started with you, I think I ate, emailed you like September, 2018, I've journaled every day. There's not been one day. Wow. I and, and I don't do long journals. Some days they're 
Some days they're really short. Some days they just say no migraine, you know. Um, but I counted how many I get a month and that kind of thing and how many pills I take. And so my last pill was February 15th. And it was because my brother was in town from Korea and I really wanted to be present for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's like super exciting for me because I didn't know if I'd ever be a guy that could just not take pills. Right. And so I really feel now, my life now today, I feel like when I get a migraine, there's so much less than they used to be. And they're so bearable. They're so improved, which is a funny thing to say. But um, yeah, it's like, you know, if I get a migraine now, I can like even walk outside and start gardening. You know, my head's killing me, but it's not like the old days where I just had to like go bury myself in a black room and right. do absolutely nothing. And then a lot of times if I do that by one or two or three in the afternoon, it'll clear. <clears throat> so yeah, so that, that's how my life looks now. Um, and my eating, you know, I just get cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. I think mm-hmm. back to, I think back to something I heard you say a few months back where you said, you don't mind putting Steve in a smoothie, but you recommend not doing it just so your taste buds can kind of change. Mm-hmm. And so I always laugh with my wife because it's like now, you know, I can have cashews after dinner and it's almost like a sweet. You're right. Yeah. It feels like I'm in the ice cream store ordering <laughs> cashew clusters, you know, <laughs> and they're just cashews. Yep. So, so that's, that's a blast, you know, and I make smoothies in the morning and I put a few frozen blueberries. It just tastes so great. You know, I, I am kind of the, the find the perfect and repeat it guy. So I'm, I'm, I've been blessed that I'm very, uh, I, I don't mind routine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, I'd say we really try and shoot for my last meal by six, six thirty, mm-hmm. And then I really do. If I start to get hungry at eight thirty or nine, I will just drink like carbonated water, anything to kind of push down the hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, I eat between 10 and six and I eat a ton of food, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing to share, but I just don't want anyone to think that I've had to cut back on food quantity. Right. No, I'm, I'm very athletic. I'm very active and athletic and I eat just a crazy amount of calories and that, and that's wonderful to have the list that says like things I can eat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, but yeah, just my life, you know, it's like, I found you two years ago, but I feel like I'm getting better at the program kind of every day and I'm, getting, yeah. and I'm getting the benefits of the program. Yeah. Every day. Right. It keeps, they keep coming. Um, yeah, it just keeps coming. And, and I do believe in the pillars and I do believe in the phases. And it's like, it's just so exciting. And it's such a miracle. It really is. Like, I really <laughs> do feel like you can have a miracle on your website because, yeah, I mean, my life, I mean, before this, there, you know, and I really did. I tried 20 to 25 of acupuncture website. Like, and I'm not trying to say bad things about any sure. of those things. But for me personally, nothing ever did you know neurologist nothing and so here i am just kind of following your guidelines and i just i mean another great word is like freedom like i just feel like i have freedom you know Mm -hmm. like i can we we do our life and the migraine doesn't uh hijack our life like it used to yeah that's yeah and we've talked this is a common theme that's come up so often too is just like the the measure of control that comes that you get back from from it is just can't can't overstate how how important that is um curious you've you know it sounds like you're lead a physically active lifestyle um did you ever struggle with exercise induced migraines no i don't i don't think so again that's it'd be you know one word i tell people 
when I talk about your program is sobriety. Like for the first two years, I've been sober off pills. Uh-huh. So, so it might be hard for me to know if I ever struggled with that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think so. To me, the big triggers before I started re- uh, reading your material and listening to your podcast and reading the books was we, we could trace it so clearly back to stress at work. Mm-hmm. It was very obvious, like you get a migraine and it's like, Hey, let's talk about yesterday. It's like, Oh my gosh, I had a <laughs> meeting with my manager where I had to really, you know, we really had some conflict. Um, or I had that one customer that was just like driving me crazy, you know? Um, right. And then the other, the other clear triggers seemed to be alcohol. Like mm-hmm. alcohol was like, you know, rolling the dice and pretty yeah. much, it, yeah. So I, pre- I just have cut that out, you know, cut out the alcohol and the sugar. And yeah, stress is, is the number one reported mm-hmm. trigger, but it's often insidious, you know, it's often, you only mm-hmm. realize it in retrospect after something comes to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those things creeping up on me. Um, well, that's, uh, this is such a, such a great story. And so, uh, so happy to hear. It's just, it's so phenomenal still. Uh, keep, it never gets old hearing this stuff that we put out there and then like that you've taken it to heart and really implementing it and mm-hmm. seeing the same, you know, mm-hmm. seeing the same benefits. It's so rewarding. Um, yeah. Anything else that, uh, that you, you would like to share with the audience before we leave? Yeah. I, I think one thing um, that keeps coming up for me is just sort of, uh, or, you know, something that I haven't heard much about on the um, blogs or podcasts is just, the the cost it can bring to like those we love mm-hmm. and just how much it's been um or how it can be a roller coaster for a spouse you know if if the spouse or if the two people coming together try and kind of tackle it together yeah and i know you know with my wife it'd be like we could come to these kind of grips or terms of what we were going to do the next time one came but then when one comes my mental state is so off yeah. that, you know, it's like she could be out in the kitchen trying to be as quiet as possible, but it sounds like she's just making such a ruckus, <laughs> you know, like every, like she could be eating a bowl of cereal, two doors, two rooms down yep. and the clink of the spoon on the porcelain bowl. I feel like there might as well be a, a sim- someone playing drums in my ears. Right. And so yeah, I just think it's it's an interesting thing to explore of um, just when, yeah, like when couples try and come together over this. And I don't know, I hope, I just would hope that something that would come out of it would be uh, more of an understanding for the spouse when they're mm-hmm. trying to be good and how it's just, how it can be a disconnect. I don't quite know what I'm trying to say, but. Yeah, no, I, I mean, there are obviously a lot of issues there and, and mm-hmm. certainly the stories that we hear, you know, when this, when the spouses are involved in some capacity in the process, it tends, yeah. you know, it tends to go a lot better. Did, yeah. did your, did your wife, um, was she also consuming, like, was she also learning about the program along with you? Yeah, possibly more than me. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, yeah, we see that too. Yeah, and, and and I think it's a it's a two-edged thing. One, you know, because she wants to be helpful for, for my migraines, which I'm so grateful for. But she also just like loves health, mm-hmm. and so you you know your stuff. Like, uh, I guess one thing I could talk about is how much you know. There's so many other benefits, health benefits to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's really tracked your stuff a lot because she loves the health benefits of what you're talking about. Right. You know, with and without headaches, it's like 
you know, if I get four headache days a month, there's still 26 days of like premium health from your information. Right. Both of us like to be healthy and we like to do stuff outside and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, so she's been fascinated. She was, in a, she was a kinesiology major. And so she's interested in all kinds of health and diet and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the migraine avenue is kind of the, the entryway, but you mm-hmm. know, you, you come for the migraine relief, but stay for kind of the long-term health benefits mm-hmm. in my for view, sure. at least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And people that have spouses that kind of jump on board and, you know, are eating the same way, that's just got to be so helpful because, you know, mm-hmm. we hear from some people that say, oh, but I've got to cook, a, you know, an entirely separate meal for yeah. my kids and my husband. And, you yeah. know, I have to cook something separate for me. So kudos to the spouses out there that do mm-hmm. kind of get on board and, and yeah. support their, their family yeah. in this way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she's also very thankful to you, Dr. Turknet, because since this program started i've started cooking a little bit <laughs> and, it, and nice. it's because like bef- before i learned about this program i've just always been the type that can just like eat anything and i never right eat and mm-hmm. so you know like my dad called me a furnace when i was younger like, <laughs> so i could just come home hungry and just throw down tons of carbs and then just run out and do my sport or whatever yeah and i didn't realize the link between headaches because I never got that upset stomach or anything. Mm-hmm. And so, and I never put on a pound or whatever. And so since I realized that, um, that what you put in your body is so important to keeping your, your headaches at bay, mm-hmm. I've taken much more interest in coming home and preparing a meal off of the, um, off of the, t- the, what I can eat list instead of just grabbing it in to fill myself up as fast as possible. Right, right. She appreciated that. I bet. Um, so has it, it, it sounds like too, it's probably changed kind of your relationship to food overall. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, I've never, I've never really been what you'd call a foodie or anything. I've yeah. just been, I've just been a hungry person mm-hmm. and I like all kinds of food. So I would just, I'd probably, the way I'd describe my eating is probably how can I do this as fast as possible so I can <laughs> get off onto the next event. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I'd be, I'd be working and I would just get to a place where I'm starving, you know, zip home, throw down enough food to fill myself up so I could jump on my mountain bike and then go. Mm -hmm. And so I never realized the, uh, the benefits to taking the time to prepare and to eat mindfully and to slow down. And so, yes, it's changed my relationship to food a, a whole lot. Again, thank you so much for coming on, for volunteering to come on, and mm-hmm. uh, and just hearing your story is fantastic. And and yeah. as as I'm sure you know, these these are super helpful. Probably the most helpful thing that we put out there are stories from people like you who like you who've, who've done yeah. this, been through this, know exactly what it's like. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. know that it's not easy, but know that it's so much so worth it on the other side. So yeah, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks again, Tom, for taking time to come on the podcast today. He sounds like about the nicest human being on the oh planet. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> um, anything that in particular that stood out for you, Jenny, in his story? Yes, I took a whole page of notes <laughs> while we were chatting yeah. with him. Um, so one of the things I always love to point out about people that we interview is that they very often seem to have a positive mindset Mm -hmm. and he definitely had a positive mindset and I definitely think that that's you know something that takes someone very far in this journey Mm -hmm. um 
and that's one of the sections in the Beast Slayer Training Academy is all about mindset. Mm -hmm. The first section. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, again, you know, I just think that, you know, if you've already got that or you've developed that and worked on that, then that's going to take you far. Um, and he certainly had that. He also was an, um, an action taker. He, you know, latched onto the plan and he took action and he continued to move himself forward. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that I like that he said that I hope others will take away from this, and I think a lot of our members have discovered this, is that, you know, when you go through the Beastlayer Training Academy or, you know, you consume any of our materials, you're going to pick up on different things mm-hmm. um, based on where you are in your journey at that time point. And mm-hmm. so some of the, the different pieces that we put out there may or may not have relevance for you in the very beginning. Um, but continuing to go back and revisit those materials and seeing what else you can take from that over time. And, and you know, that's one of the things that we talk about, too, is the continuing to refine over time. There are always, you know, things that you can continue to develop. Right. Yeah. And that was that was a reason for developing the phases and the timeline mm-hmm. because we kept, you know, realizing that what things help the most vary at different point, points in time. And also, we you know, what kind of information you need to move yourself forward varies right. over time. And so trying to provide that, but also provide kind of a roadmap for how to, how to put it into action right. uh, became, it became obvious that that was really important. Um, and it's, but it's still neat to see people doing that you right, know, for themselves right. and taking it and, and figuring out what, what to do when and, and you know, getting. Because the, the other point we make is that there's no one size fits all. You ha- right. it, it requires taking the information and then customizing it and applying it to your mm-hmm. own life. And he clearly did that. Right. Um, and so what we try to do is give the tools to, for you to do that. And, you know, ultimately that's, we want to empower the individuals. And this is really a, a flipping the, the healthcare model on its head because, you know, I am not the guru with all the answers. Right. I'm just helping you find the, your own path. And it's got to be, you know, only, only you really are the one who can do it. Right. And giving yourself the space to, to take what you can now and not feel overwhelmed. Exactly. Just, you know, do what you can now and just continue to move yourself forward right right it's mainly about what's the next step right Mm -hmm. and if you just keep focusing on that um i think too that you know for he talked about that knowing that it took the confidence to know that there was a light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. to to then go all in you know to like commit to it full i mean we we see that over and over again too it's like once someone says this is it I, I believe in this. This is why we do these these episodes because we know that if you can get to that place, that's what's going to be driving your success. Right. If you don't get to that place, we think, uh, I'm going to try this and see. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we know it doesn't work out the same way. So because it requires that kind of full level of commitment, um, and we just say that because we've just seen that so many times. Right. I also think it will be worth mentioning what he referenced in terms of the list of foods that you can eat and explaining what that is because I know people ask us for that all the time. Yeah. So the idea there, which he clearly understood and grasped, mm-hmm. which I was great, was to reframe food, right? Because because we, you know, the whole migraine sto- old story that I call it, you know, is this, you know, here are all the things to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Here are all the right. things that are going to harm you. Here, you know, and it's this sort of, you know, terrible, ex- fearful existence that mm-hmm. you live in. 
And as he pointed out, that that idea is embedded in the idea of an elimination diet, mm-hmm. right? right? Here are the things you can't eat rather than here are all the things you can't, you know, why, if we just take that reframe and then think thinking in terms of migraine, here are all the foods that are nourishing and protective and that right. help us. And guess what? There's a lot of stuff out there like that. So it completely, you know, transforms your relationship to food. And takes a lot of the anxiety out and realize it's not a story of deprivation. It's just a, it's a, it's a story of, you know, finding out what's, what's, what's so good for you and, um, and appreciating the abundance that's out there. So we created, so created with that idea to kind of highlight the idea mm-hmm. of the idea of, of the migraine superfood list, which is, you know, a list of all the foods that I consider to be kind of the most nourishing and protective. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's found in the Beast Slayer Training And that's in the Beast Slayer Training Academy. Yes. Yeah, right. And, um, and it's not. And, you know, it's not to say that foods that aren't on that list are to be avoided. Right. Um, but it's kind of like the idea of, you know, a top 10 list of movies. You know, right. You don't yes. avoid, the, you don't necessarily are saying that the ones that aren't on the list are bad. Right. Um, but you're saying here are the superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, a lot of people have found that uh, to be helpful. But the, the, the one of the main reasons or probably the main reason for actually creating it to begin with was to create this new idea or this different idea, reframing of how you think about food. Right. I'd also like to highlight, he mentioned the Groundhog Day strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, you know, find your perfect day and repeat it. And he mentioned it rather quickly. So I yeah. wanted to make sure people knew what he meant. That's also part of the Beastlayer Training Academy. Do you want to talk about that just a minute? Right. So the, uh, it comes from the, the movie Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. which most people are familiar with, where Bill Murray has to repeat the same day over and over and over again. Right. Um, but for the migraineur, this can be a really useful thing. And again, it goes back to that same exact reframing rather than figuring out what you can't do. Find your best days, figure out what you, you know, um, journal what you've done on those days. And then you have a day you can repeat that mm-hmm. you that you know are linked to your best odds of success. And, you know, that's another tool that people can use, especially in the early phases when you're trying to move yourself down the time, the, 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 the timeline of uh, migraine freedom, you know, more quickly. Right. Um, is just to, uh, you know, lean on the groundhog day. Um, people who, like Tom, don't mind some, uh, don't mind routine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, we, uh, we've said this before that, that, uh, routine and monotony is an enemy of the beast. Right. Um, so you can definitely use that to your advantage and kind of the most extreme example of that is the Groundhog Day strategy. And, you know, if you're thinking about the, the fundamental principle here of, of trying to move back towards a more evolutionarily appropriate lifestyle, mm-hmm. our ancestors weren't eating completely different <laughs> foods right. from one day to the next or thinking what they True. had for breakfast today can't be what they had yesterday or whatever, right. you know, they were eating <laughs> the same thing every day, day in and day out. They had a really tight routine. And, um, and so that's probably why it's, it's, it's works so well. And another strategy that he mentioned that he uses that I think is so important to highlight because we've found it very crucial to success is the meal timing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he keeps a specific window. Um, I think he said he eats from 10 to 6. And we're also very aware of that ourselves. And, for example, we were... We had booked a cruise last year, and uh, they did not have the early dining available. So the only dining time they had available was like 8.15 at night. And so we, in fact, were going to cancel the cruise because we could not get the early dining. And they were able to switch us to the early dining, but we would have canceled it if we had not been able to get that early dining because it's so crucial to our success. Right. And um, again, 
it gets back to this is the ancestral model, right? We weren't eating. We were eating when the sun was up. Right. You know? exactly. So we started. It's not a coincidence that all these things that bring us clo- more aligned with how we used to live are also the greatest enemies of the beast. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's also worth highlighting that he said, um, and we've heard this time and again, that even when he does get a migraine now, they're not as bad because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have that rebound factor that really seems to just intensify the headache. Um, and so I think that's also yep. a, a point worth mentioning as we're thinking about breaking rebound. That was what did, made me say I would never take another trip down because mm-hmm. I, you can get to places there that you just can't get otherwise. Right. And that you yep. just never want to be again. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and so, yeah, now that knowing like, you know, he, he's in the same boat, you know, knowing if something comes, I can handle it. You right. Know? Exactly. I can get through it. Right. And I know what to do. And, it's um, no fun, but I right, can get I know, through it. And, mm-hmm. and I know, you know, I know why it happened. I, mm-hmm. You know, I know what right. happened. So there's a this, this level of control um, and you know you're protected against the worst of the worst. You know, that, that place you never want to go back to. Also, one thing that we see often is that people come to us and say, well, I'm already eating, you know, healthy. And yeah. so Tom said that. He said, you know, I, I was, you know, seemed to be a pretty healthy guy before I even started this. Um, but he was open to still mm-hmm. continuing to refine and explore what he could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe what, you know, seemed and felt healthy then takes on a new perspective when you kind of look at it from an ancestral framework. For sure. And yeah, that's been part of the challenge over the years is that it this is you know in my opinion the healthiest way to be mm-hmm. but that does require um unlearning or you know it goes against what has been traditionally taught uh, you know as as what's what's healthy right um, over the past few decades fortunately things are changing quite a bit um and the popularity and acceptance of the ketogenic diet being uh, a big example of that and it was so nice that Tom reached out to provide a male voice in this arena because we do hear more from women um, who tend to be more on Facebook where, you know, we see them mm-hmm. and reach out to them to be on the podcast um, and tend to be more vocal on, on Facebook. Um, but we do have plenty of people that um, we actually don't hear from until they've gotten into this, you know, phase four, or the later part of their journey and want to share their, their successes with us. Um, so we really do appreciate Tom reaching out and, and sharing his voice and yeah uh, men do actually do really well with this we've uh, we talked about this some in our clinic chats before but um, uh, because they don't have the hormonal right. uh, cha- challenges that uh, some women do um, men tend to have an even faster uh, progression right um, but it's nice to hear nice to hear from another man that's um, right and so thanks again Tom uh, you were filled with many words of wisdom yes. uh, as uh, evidenced by Jenny's laundry list of <laughs> 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 comments that she had to make. and if you'd like to follow in his footsteps remember that you can now join Migraine Everland for free for 30 days just go to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash join to learn more and you'll also find a link in the podcast description All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Now it's time to go out and slay the beast. Mm